Welcome to the Christ Life. We are glad that you are joining us. In fact, I'm glad that Rex is joining us as well. Of course, you know, the two previous sessions, I really enjoyed the whole table. But, you know, uh, as the love of the Lord grows in me, I find that I am much more um, uh, loving and relational for people and desire to be around people than stuff. And so uh, my I, I'm, I'm happy to share <laughs> the table yet once again, uh, as we, we're, of course, in this series, I started the first two off as we're kind of moving through the Apostles' Creed. And as we talk today, uh, it's important to understand the, the tone, the, the tenor, the mood of the day in which the, the early church was existing as uh, they, they uh, were at a time where they experienced uh, the, the might of the Roman government coming down on Jerusalem and totally destroying uh, everything that is Jerusalem. They took over a million people and killed them. Uh, they say about 95,000 they took as prisoners. And so across the known world, as that news spread, people kind of, they took a step back and go, okay, uh, persecution had already started a number of years earlier with Stephen, so that was already there, and it's like the whole the whole onslaught of evil just ratcheted up. And so for uh, for them in that day, everywhere they look, and you may a little tongue in cheek here, but you may not look everywhere and see evil running rampant, but I guarantee you they did. And and so the the really for them the message of the Gnostics of everything that has matter, everything you see, touch, feel, taste, that's all evil, was something that was captivating to them. Uh, and so when they were writing the Apostles' Creed, they included one word that's important for us to explore, and it's the word almighty. Now, there's a million different directions that we can go with almighty because it is almighty. Um, we're going to we're going to narrow it for time's sake and for certainly for subject's sake uh, and bring a dynamic of the Almighty God that is uh, incredibly alluring. It's uh, it, it is it's absolutely attractive, but it is critical to understand that this is one word, Almighty, one God. And so, what we find so oftentimes is that that with Christians, with people who profess the name of Jesus, uh, they think of God as mighty, but not Almighty. And the reason I say that is that you can look at behavior and you can look at their lives and you can see that there are other areas that um, are ascribed power. And I'm going to kind of use that word mighty and power kind of uh, together here. But they ascribe power to other things, because when you feel that God is only mighty and not almighty, well, then you have to supplement God. You're going to have to supplement God in order to have the power to do something and you can label that any way you want. It could be a matter of, you know, something financial to personal life goals, whatever it is, but you want power to do something. But then the other part is that you end up having uh, power that is over. And when power is over you, now you get into you get into things that are addictive. You get to, into things that that really you, you're unable to run away from, which certainly the early church looked at the government of that day and recognized they had mighty power over them. Uh, they were able to go in and destroy a city. They, they were able to make gas prices go to $3 a gallon. This power was something that was very real. And, and yet the church really was proclaiming this almighty God. And so uh, for us, and you've heard this expression, you've heard this expression when it comes to even our, our dollar bill. It's the almighty dollar. Mm -hmm. And so we ascribe power in places that certainly have a level of power to do something and certainly have 
uh, power to be over something, but we're in relationship with something that is all-powerful, almighty. It's the almighty God that, that we are in relationship with. So uh, what we really want to explore is this dynamic of the almighty God that has to do, do with love. Because true power um, is the ability to love and enable without reservation, without, without reserve, just this full, full thing. And when, when you think about creation and God creating humanity, uh, he, he let us go. He didn't, he didn't control us. He didn't manipulate us. He didn't, he didn't put a, uh, uh, an instinctive gene in our body that said, you know, we have to do this, 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 or this. Love lets it go. Now, it's important to understand that the opposite of that attempts to control with power. The, the forces of darkness, there's nothing loving in the forces of darkness. Even the forces of darkness within the realm of their power structure is not done through love. It's done through control, manipulation, and fear. And so what happens is that the enemy begins to, to use the, the, the things that we see and that say, hey, you can, you can have the power too. And ultimately what the devil is trying to do is get power over you and I. And what God does is God in his love says, there's going to be a freedom. There's going to be a, a place where you're able to, to live and become and to enjoy. And so, so he, is, he is almighty in this power of love between, uh, between us. So ultimately, uh, where sickness and addiction comes, Christ comes, and we'll break this down further, but where Christ comes, he brings the freedom. And so when Paul in Galatians 5, he says that, that we've received freedom, by uh, we've received freedom for freedom, and so Christ came for this freedom for us to ultimately live uh, really within, and that's really kind of what we want to develop. We want to kind of expound on a little bit this morning because our the what we want you to understand about love and 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 certainly in the negative sense, if you look around the that the people that say they love you, okay, the one who controls the most loves the least. Mm -hmm. The one who controls the most loves the least. And with that, let's go to John, 1 John chapter 4, and we want to read through scriptures here that really just give this dynamic of, of love that uh, is, is, is from the Almighty. Uh, it's, it starts out, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. I think just say those words, God Amen. is love. So one more time. God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. And so we just want to take for a few moments and explore, explore uh, the almighty and this, and this dynamic of the power of love. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tremendous phrase. And I'm thrilled to be able to be back and to join in this whole business of the Apostles' Creed because it's honestly... Uh, maybe for many of you, this is the first time that you've ever had somebody sit down and kind of try to unpack this. But the setup of it is incredibly important, as you said, this idea 
of a unifying concept and an understanding that we would have in the middle of a Gnostic world, mm -hmm. in the middle of a, of a world that seeks to kind of explain God away uh, or lessen God somehow, take away the Almighty, and just we have to be afraid of everything. And that's that power world. That that's the whole concept of uh, of what many people think about in terms of power. Mm -hmm. But but God comes along and says, okay, He's the Almighty. He's, he has no argument about it. There is no power that is above or beyond, or that is outside of His source and resource. God is. Almighty. That, that's a, it's just a powerful word. Whether you take it in the Old Testament times or you take it in the New Testament times, it's, it's just a big word. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to me because when I, when I kind of research this, and you can research it as well, uh, most of the times that you read the term about God in the Old Testament as being Almighty are in the book of Job. Now, that, I just find that incredibly interesting because Job's one of those stories that, you know, it's, it's like, this guy goes through massive difficulties and disappointments, and everybody tries to explain it away. Everybody tries to come and, you know, somehow make it that you've done this and you've done that and da da da. And, and he succumbs to this pressure. And so he starts to make his argument, you know, that I'm I'm okay and I'm righteous and I'm not done. It's all God's fault. And and somehow God shows up and says, Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you here to accuse the Almighty? Is that really what you want to do? You know, do, you, do? What do you not understand about Almighty? He can do anything he wants to do, and that is the beauty of this thing. In, in the truth that we're presenting here, and the reason we're honing this down to love, is because the Almighty God doesn't, he doesn't force people to love him. That's, that's you know, could he? Sure he could, but he doesn't, because he's Almighty. He doesn't exert power over you to make you have to love him or care about what he thinks or anything. It's because he is all loving and all gracious. And, and John really, you know, uh, it's not a very good theological statement, but when John says God is love, uh, what he's saying is that in everything that God does, even in judgment, even in discipline, uh, the scripture is very clear, whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. Mm -hmm. He develops people because he cares about them. He works in us because of his amazing, all-encompassing love that he has for us. And that's, this is who he is. This is how God is. And the, so, so God is this one who comes along and doesn't force the issue on anybody. He just provides. He opens doors. He creates. He recreates. He redeems. He sets free. He pronounces judgment. But then he pays the price. Mm -hmm. He sentences humankind in a fallen state to death, and then he pays the price. That's it's what it says, you know, because this is what the love of God looks like, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world so that we could live through him. Yeah. And so this is this is the reality. And and uh, let me let me just take the pressure off. Uh, there's not a goal in what we want to say today that you walk away from this, you know, 25 minutes or so that we spend understanding everything there is to know about the love of God. If you ever do that, please let us know. So we don't. But we do know this, that the almighty God is overarchingly above everything and in everything and through everything that he does. He is loving. 
in everything that he does. And so to understand him is to understand that this almighty God is an all loving God and that this is his power. He doesn't control. He doesn't force the issue. He doesn't, you know, exert the sovereign. You must this. He just puts it out there and sets us free to make the choices that we make. This is that release we're talking about. The truly loving God is, is not going to have a puppet people. Yeah. He is going to have people who respond to the love of God and receive that and begin to live these redemptive lives. Why? Because he he's willing to take the risk. And so we want to, those are the things we kind of want to talk about as we unpack this. There's a risk and reward. There is a respond and receive kind of phase in this. And then there is this beautiful uh, redemptive kind of reproductive thing that goes on. But the, the one I want to first deal with is risk and reward. It's, it's kind of interesting because uh, the issue of risk and reward, uh, we don't think about that from God's side very often. You know, this is the sovereign God. This is the Almighty. What does He risk? Well, when you create humankind in your image, when you create the, the angelic host, and we'll talk about this next week, but when you when you create all of this uh, world, these realms, and you endow them with the freedom to choose, they can make a bad choice. They can choose against you. And that's really uh, the issues that I think come about here is that the risk that God takes is that people will disconnect from that. They'll buy Gnostic philosophy. They'll, they'll, they'll uh, refuse and resist the righteousness and the provision of God. That's kind of what happens in the garden. I mean, that's, and it's replayed in our lives ever since then. But they're they're in this beautiful idyllic creation in Adam and Eve, and uh, uh, they're surrounded by, you know, uh, all of the animal hosts and all the plant life and whatever of the heavenly realm exists around them. They're, they're, they're put into this beautiful position and place, and, uh, and they're only given one restrictive term, if you will, and that is there's a tree here in the middle of all of this that is not good for you. You don't even need this. You know, and and why wouldn't you need this? Because I love you too much to let you do this. I want I you don't need this, and that's the one thing that the enemy comes along and sells. That's the one thing. It's like, hey, wait a minute. What about this tree? What about yeah? Not about everything else that God has done. Not about the love of God. But what about? Let's suspect. Maybe he doesn't love you. Maybe he doesn't want what's best for you. Maybe this tree and your choice and your own free will, man, that's, ooh, ooh. Maybe you should just exercise yourself and in, in disconnect from God. Mm -hmm. Maybe you should, should just do this because you don't trust him any longer. And honestly, uh, trust is the byproduct of love. This is it. When we disconnect from God, we refuse to trust him. And trust really is produced by love. Uh, when when someone tells me, you know, hey, I'm up on a 15-foot roof, and they want me to jump off, and they'll catch me. You know, quite truthfully, the size of their muscles is, is impressive, and their capacity to catch me is impressive. But more impressive is if they care about me. Because if they were weak and, and you know, just frail-looking, and they cared about me, they'd let me land on them mm -hmm. because they love me. That's what I'm saying. It's not power that causes us to, to trust God. It's love. 
that causes us to trust him. And there's the reward. We, we enter into this glorious, or we have the capacity at least to enter into this glorious love relationship with the Lord because we receive and respond. Well, I think just as you talked about, we don't really have the, we don't think about God being a risk for God. We don't think about the reward for God. Mm -hmm. The reward is his creation coming to him yes. and loving him and, and having this back and forth, which is a real beautiful thing where the enemy will always, uh, as you, you said so wonderfully about the garden is that he tried to really entice them and, and wonderfully going, Hey, you can have the power too. And now what, what happened was, is that they had uh, now a power over them called sin. And, uh, and, a, and then love is, is inviting. And so Jesus comes and he displays this perfect love that ultimately for us uh, is a place for us to respond and go, wait a minute. He allowed the, uh, the sin to ultimately have power over him so that I can respond to his loving kindness. The cross is what he went to to prove and to show and perfectly illustrate what love actually is. And so he comes and he begins to uh, really, uh, it started even before the cross as he came from heaven and kind of walked amongst us and shown really what this loving almighty God is all about by freeing people of the things that had power over them and really uh, enable them to live a loving life like he lived with his heavenly father. And so we, we got to re, we, we respond to that. And so no one comes, no one comes to the, to the father unless he draws them, but it's the, his loving kindness that draws them. And so as we see that and we, and we ultimately get to experience that with different people uh, and situations, God, God shows his love through us, through experiences that we have. Some people never recognizing that happened. But the beautiful thing about the Christ life is you're able to go about going, oh, yeah, that's God's love. He's showing his love for you and helping people discover that this God of heaven loves them. And, of course, that, that brings them to the place of receiving that love at the cross of Calvary. And what happens from that ultimately is that the love of God, as John said, it was made manifest among us. So now it can then become in us. Mm. And so what we do is we, re we respond to it, and then we receive that love. When you receive Jesus, when you receive his spirit, you receive his love. Yeah. And it says, and John says it really well. I mean, we're, this is John's epistle, mm -hmm. but in John's gospel, he says, as many as receive him, as receive him, to them, he gives the power to become the sons of God. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's God's not sitting there with this qualification punch list. You know, you got to do this to earn your way in. He's, he's provided this. Why? Because he so loves the worldly that he gives his only begotten son so that whosoever would be a person who believes in him. And what do we do? We receive. We respond to this with a faith, with a with an understanding, his love witnesses to our hearts mm -hmm. that he he cares for us. He's called us. Why would he lay down his life for us? Because he loves us. Nobody loves any more than that, that he lays down his life for those he's calling his friends. How beautiful. And so what do we do? We, 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 we respond to that. We receive, okay, if you're loving people, man, I'm in. I want to be loved. And in that comes power. There's an amazing empowerment that happens to us. And it's not 
power over God. Mm -hmm. It's the power of God. It's the power of his amazing love that literally then transforms our lives, changes us from experience to experience. And we literally fulfill the prayers that these these apostolic leaders pray for their friends and their family members and and the people that God has has put them into contact with I pray every day that you grow in the grace and the love of God that you that you will understand more about who he is and how he is the almighty God is this all loving king and he is he's brought you into this freedom you Galatians just to be free He's, again, it's, it says uh, in another place that he brought me, and this is an Old Testament idea, that he brought me into this banqueting place with a banner over top of it. So it's like this big pavilion, if you will, and, and, and food everywhere. It's just a wonderful place of joy and rejoicing. But the banner over us is love. And so, so I live under and in and, and through and around and filled with the love of the Lord every moment of every day of my eternal life. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's exciting. That's as exciting as it gets. And so this is this is the redemptive quality in our lives. We we now have purpose. We did a whole, and you could probably archive this one and find it. But we did a whole thing on the just the term beloved, and and so what does that mean? It means just to be loved, that to enjoy that. And, and live in this love relationship with the Lord, because that is so powerful. That's the redemptive nature. But that's also the thing that we seek to reproduce then in other people's lives. We, we want to live and move in the love of God and share that with everybody. Why? Because this is what's going to empower their lives. This is the almighty, the almighty's provision. This is the truth of the king and the kingdom. He's not come to try to lord it over everybody and, you know, force you to be anything, but he's made a pathway where there was no pathway. He provide, He pronounced the judgment. You've got to catch this. He pronounced the sentence of death, and then he paid the price. Why? Because he had to. Somebody forced him. No, this is the almighty king. This all-powerful God. He did this because he chose to. And why would he choose to? Because he loves us with an everlasting love. Mm. And so when we receive this and we begin to respond to this, then we, we as a redeemed people, are able to redeem others, to, to reproduce ourselves mm. and, and this love of Christ in others. And that's really what John is talking about. We, we now live and move in the love of God and the presence and the power of God is what we celebrate as we experience it in Jesus' name powerful. It is. And really, I think that as you discover the, the, the true power of love over your life, the things that of this world that have power over you or the power to control you, now you, you move away from that because now you've been free from it. And now you've been empowered. Now the power of love comes. And that's our prayer for you. It's like, Father, we just in Jesus' name speak your love yes. over every person in Jesus' name. May they may they receive it. May they respond to it. And Lord, I pray that they will begin to recycle it and give it to the ones that you've placed around them in yes. Jesus' name. Amen. 
Hey, thank you again for joining us. We hope that our time together has been a blessing to you. And it doesn't have to end there. If you want to find last week's sermon, you can go to Facebook, YouTube, or you can listen to us on the audio podcast. You can let us know if you'd like to be further connected in a life group. But let me go ahead and pray as we close and say, God, thank you for being with us, Lord God. Thank you for helping us to carry your words, Lord God, and change our lives, Lord. Help us to carry your love to those around us. And we thank you for what you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and thank you for being a part. We hope to see you soon.